0: I'll tell you the problem of doing this by the window because people can see me (laughs) speaking to you guys right now they think this is a crazy person. What's he doing? (laughs) Yeah, another guy's looking at me right now. (laughs) Hello and welcome to the Daily Bible Reading Show. Uh, Every day I do this, this crazy thing where I read the Bible and give you my first impressions of the passage. Today is 2 Corinthians chapter 3. A full disclaimer actually this passage was preached by my friend Josh Bell at the Chinese church uh, last Sunday so I'm kind of like copying a lot of his illustrations and his main points so thank you Josh for this you've made my life so much easier and you know if you learn anything from this it's all from him and of course from God's word. So let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the sufficiency and the confidence and the grace that comes from just knowing the gospel. That we're not depending on ourselves, but you're believing completely on his finished work on the cross. Help us to do this now. In 2 Corinthians chapter three, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, 2 Corinthians chapter three, and Paul says, are we beginning to commend ourselves again? Or do we need, like some people, letters of recommendation from you, sorry, to you or from you? And he's talking about, you know, justifying his ministry. You know, people are questioning, you know, who are you to preach to us? And Paul, you know, there is uh, this temptation to pull out his CV. Hey, you know, I know. Greek or Hebrew, I went to this college, I can preach really well, I have a podcast, that kind of thing. He says, is that what we need? Are we justifying ourselves? And he says, no, verse 2, you yourselves are our letter. No, he doesn't pull out a LinkedIn page, he doesn't give you his CV, he says, you are our CV. It is looking at your lives, changed in Christ, that authenticates our ministry in the gospel. You know, you show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry, written not with ink but with the Spirit of the living God. Not on tablets of stone, um, I think referring to the Ten Commandments, you know, tablets of stone, but on something even better, written on the tablets of human hearts. God writes His laws, the Ten Commandments on the stone, but through the gospel, God writes the fullness of the gospel, His requirements fulfilled in Christ in our lives, in our hearts, in our, in our testimonies of His grace. Verse four, such confidence that is ours is through Christ before God. Not that we are confident in ourselves. You know, We can't do this. It's not that we are qualified because we went to Bible school, but uh, it is our confidence comes from God. It's not something we claim for ourselves, or we claim that this is something that God has enabled us to do verse 6 he has made us competent as ministers of the new covenant comparing again with the old comparing again with Moses and the tablets of stone this new covenant comes through Christ comes through his death and results in the new covenant written in our hearts for he says the letter kills but the spirit gives life and so there's a big difference here it's life and death there's a way of doing ministry that leans on the Old Testament it's 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 in the Bible It's there it's you know it's what Moses taught but it leads to death but there's a kind of ministry that leans on God on Christ that we can't do this on our own but results in God pouring out his spirit his life his love his goodness into our hearts and gives us this eternal life verse uh, 7 now if the ministry that brought death which was engraved in letters on stone came with glory so that the Israelites could not look steadily at the face of Moses because of its glory fading though it was will not the ministry of the Spirit be even more glorious so it talks about how the Israelites couldn't look at Moses <laughs> and it characterizes that kind of ministry and he's talking about the time when Moses went up the mountain of God. He was talking with God. But as a result of all that exposure to God's glory, Moses' face became irradiated. <laughs> it grew in the dark. And people saw that and went, oh, 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 they were freaked out. And so Moses, you know, caused people to turn away in fear and maybe even in confusion. But he says that's not the kind of uh, ministry we're doing. The kind of ministry that we have, You know, it's even more glorious, and I think it's because it's glorious because we can understand it. We want to look at it. It looks amazingly beautiful that we want to gaze upon it. Uh, Verse 10 For what was glorious, talking about Moses, has no glory now. It's faded away in comparison with the surpassing glory, or maybe even the word beauty. And what was fading away came with glory. How much more greater is the glory of that which lasts? And it's you know, it, it's talking about that con- kind of comparison. Again, we are talking about Moses. Think about the most accomplished pastor who has that aura about him. He says, you know, that's maybe not the best kind of model for ministry. You know, actually, this kind of glorious ministry is just even more glorious than even that measure of Moses, that man of God actually looks insufficient. (laughs) Looks I can't do this. You know, I'm leaning on God. It looks it doesn't have any credentials, but somehow through this kind of humility and dependency on God, it causes people to come to life and they themselves to depend on God more and more. Verse 12 Therefore we have such a hope. We are very bold. Uh, We are not like Moses, uh, who would put a veil over his face to keep the Israelites from gazing at it while the radiance was fading away. They were freaked out, so Moses had to cover his face. So so that they don't see too much of that glory, of that aura. Verse 14, But their minds were made dull, for to this day the same veil remains when the Old Testament is read. It says to this day. This is still happening today. When people read the Bible and all they see is just rules and this kind of glory that they cannot bear to look at and causes them to look away. It's talking about that kind of sufficiency. I need to be like Moses in order to come near to God. And he says, we sometimes use that as a model for ministry. You Sometimes you use that as a measure of what kind of pastor to hire, what kind of Bible study you listen to. It needs to be that kind of like, whoa, I can't be like that person, but oh, that person is so impressive. He says, actually, Actually, when that happens, there's a kind of veil that's covering our eyes from seeing Jesus, from seeing the goodness of the gospel. It's very dangerous. Um, uh, It has not been removed, verse 14, because only in Christ is it taken away. Even to this day, he repeats that phrase, even today, this is happening. When Moses is read, a veil covers their hearts. Earlier on, it covers their minds, but now it covers their hearts. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the the veil is taken away. I guess it's talking about when someone turns to God in conversion, they finally get it, the gospel. Jesus did this for me. I didn't have to do anything. He died for me, and so they turn to God. And what happens is God removes this covering that lets them see, hey, it's all been about Jesus. Not me, not we have to do, not all the things that we fail to do but everything that he accomplished for me on the cross. Verse 17, now the Lord is spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And we who with unveiled faces all reflect the Lord's glory are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. And the key phrases there is we, it's not just Paul, but all of us, you know, there's this change that's happening in all of our lives here as God's people, here in your Bible study, in your church, then we see that God is transforming us to be more and more like Christ. And when you see that, it ought to give you this confidence that, hey, we should be doing ministry this way, this this insufficient of ourselves way, this kind of leaning upon, a God, upon God way that helps us to see that this is just the way in which God brings about life. You know, I think one of the number one Uh, issues and problems for pastors, for Bible study leaders these days is um, insecurity. Insecurity, it it looks like humility, but we're insecure because in a sense that we realize that we are insufficient, but we are seeking that sufficiency from either some credentials. We work harder, we study more. Or we try to get people to tell us how good we are. We try to get more people to follow us on Facebook, that kind of thing. So we put more posts, do podcasts, that kind of thing. And that kind of insecurity is trying to build up that credential. You know, Paul says we don't do that. They're trying to build up our sufficiency, our capability in preaching or leading the Bible study. And Paul doesn't do that. And Paul's saying the thing that gives him that confidence, that carry on in this kind of insufficient, kind of like really lowly way of ministry is that he sees, hey, people's lives are changed to be more like Christ. And you know, if God were to open our eyes to see just that change, because it it is happening, but if we were to just be encouraged by that, to see what God is doing in our lives, but also the lives of the people around us, I, I, I I tell you, it does something to the way in which we preach, it does something to the way in which we just love the people around us just shows that it's all from God. That that makes us feel that we don't have the need to justify, to show off, to show how how qualified we are to be in this role of Bible study leader, Sunday school teacher, or even as a pastor. But we want them to see Christ more and more. Because the more they see him, the more that veil is removed. The more they see him, the more they are changed to be like him. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that kind of like the whole point of, of, of speaking for Christ, that we ourselves are able to even see him face to face. I tell you, the thing that I need every day is just being able to see Jesus, to see him almost even smiling at me and knowing his approval and knowing his favor and his love. You know, I think, you know, um, I, think, I think that was just change so much of my own insecurities, my own sinfulness and my own attempts at self-sufficiency. Why don't I pray for that, for myself and for you. Heavenly Father, thank you so much that we can gaze upon you, your face, your favor in the gospel. Help us to turn to you, to look upon you, away from ourselves, away from our sinfulness, away from our sufficiency, but towards the cross, towards his stripes and his suffering and his amazing, amazing salvation. Help us to do that even now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.